Good morning. Um, happy Father's Day to the fathers in the room. If you're a dad, uh, could you stand for me or raise your hand? Whichever you like. There we go. All right, good. Let's, uh, let's clap it up. Um, happy Father's Day. And uh, today we're doing our first practice in our series of Practicing the Way of Jesus, and that is Living Simply. So last week, um, I engaged in an experiment, which I'm hoping that you guys will come with me and, and join with me this week. And that was that for an entire week, I bought only what I needed. Um, and that doesn't sound hard at first, but uh, I really like like snacks and stuff, and so it became very difficult. <laughs> um, but uh, I, I engaged in this practice where I bought only what I needed to get me through the week, and as a way of sort of engaging and living simply. And so that's what we're going to talk about. But first, I would love to, to pray for us. So let's, let's pray together. God, I'm, uh, I'm just so grateful to be in this space. Um, Lord, we, we want to acknowledge the joy of Father's Day. Um, Lord, I, I just want to also acknowledge that last week we entered into this space in a time of, of tragedy. And um, it was uh, 7 in the morning when I got here, and uh, we just didn't have the time or the space to be able to navigate um, just what went down in Orlando together as a community. And so, Lord, I just want to pray this morning um, over our LGBTQ brothers and sisters, and that you would just uh, bless the families of those who are grieving right now. Bless uh, us as a nation as we figure out how to move forward. Um, so Lord, I just want to give uh, just, just 10 seconds of silence to kind of sit in that. And God, uh, this morning as we talk about living simply, I pray that you'd... Uh, have us laugh, that you'd have us uh, have a blast, and that we'd get something out of this this morning. Amen. So um, let's, check out, we're, let's check out this scripture passage to start. Um, this is Jesus' words on, on living simply. So this is uh, Luke 16, 10 through 13, and this is the message version, and I like the last line in this, so that's why I went with the message. But it says, Jesus went on to make these comments. If you're honest in small things, you'll be honest in big things. If you're a crook in small things, you'll be a crook in big things. If you're not honest in the small jobs, who will put you in charge of the store? No worker can serve two bosses. He'll either hate the first and love the second, or adore the first and despise the second. You can't serve both God and the bank. So I, that God in the bank line, I just love that. So in Living Simply, we obviously have the theme of money. Um, and that's how I engage in this. So I, I decided I was going to do an art project for you today. So in a church that has an artist in residence, Bobby, who's an incredible artist, I decided to take this upon myself and uh, use my artistic ability. So this uh, is money, and this is one of the three things we'll be talking about this morning. So I'm going to put this over here, and this is going to be like Moneyville. And we're going to spend a lot of time in Moneyville this morning because I think it's like the most practical thing. But uh, it's also about time. So my lovely clock here, and that'll be Timeville. And then it is also about relationship. Uh, Living Simply is about relationships. So I'm going to put Relationshipville over here. And what we're going to find is, is I engaged in Moneyville. It was sort of the key to unlocking my time and the key to unlocking my relationships. And so uh, we're going we're gonna to dive into that, what that means. But first, I want to go into money. And uh, let's check out what Jesus has to say about money. But first, uh, can we put that slide up there of, of Amazon? There it is. Does this look familiar to anybody besides me? Because I spend hours a day on this website. So I am an Amazon Prime member, which means I have a dangerous ability to be able to one-click order anything. And I have an extreme problem. Uh, with late night 
impulse Amazon one-click purchases. It's, it's a problem. And I knew I had a problem when I ordered these. Next slide there. These are bamboo toothbrushes. <laughs> and at about 1 AM one night, I was scrolling through Amazon and decided that I really needed these and that it was going to change my life and that I was going to be living like more organic. So I ordered these said bamboo toothbrushes. And the whole process of ordering for Amazon is incredible because it's a shiny web page. You get to click it, and you get that dopamine rush when you click it. And then what resembles a Christmas gift is delivered to your door. So these bamboo toothbrushes came like a Christmas present to me, and I opened them up, only to find that each bamboo toothbrush had the word guest engraved on the handle. <laughs> and that meant, like, not only was I feeling bad about this purchase, but now only my guests can use this. And I was like, so anyway, we had those for a very long time. And it was sort of an awkward thing when we'd have people over and be like, you want, you want to use this? Like, I bought these. Um, that isn't the only blunder I've had. The second and probably better one is this. So, oh wait, no, I don't think I have a picture of it. Uh, our neighbors, we live in an apartment where uh, right across the alley, our neighbor's kitchen window is there and our bedroom window is right here. It makes for awkward times. But mostly it's the noise. We, they do their dishes at like 3 in the morning. So like we'll hear like clinking and clanking. And, so one night when I was half asleep, it's like 3 in the morning, I'm hearing all this and I'm going, I really want to get to sleep. What can I do? What can I purchase on Amazon that will make my life better? <laughs> so open the Amazon app. And this, by the way, is when I deleted the app off my phone after this purchase. So I went on and I found these blackout soundproofing curtains that were alarmingly cheap. So I was like, score, problem solved. But when they came in the mail, it had turned out that I had only ordered one curtain, and you generally need two, and it wasn't much of a curtain at all. It was something that you would fit in between the curtains so that it would deaden the sound, and it was gray and ugly and like ribbed. So instead of like returning it like a normal person would do, I put it in my closet, and then when we threw a birthday party, I ended up using it as a tablecloth. So at least it got like some sort of use. Um, but anyway, I don't think I'm alone in these sort of frivolous purchases. And I think if we're all honest with ourselves, there's a lot of these things that we uh, buy that we don't really need, right? Did you know that as a nation, we carry $733 billion, that's billion, in just credit card debt? If you break that down, that's like $15,000 in credit card debt per American household. That's crazy. So uh, we're not really a nation that's good at living simply. And I think that's because from a very young age, we're kind of put in this ville right here, and we're told that we need to get the right grades, so that we can go to the right school, that we can get the right house and a car and a 401k. But it's strange when you encounter Jesus in that because we're following a savior who didn't have a car, didn't have a house, didn't have a 401k. We are following a homeless rabbi. So what does it look like to put Jesus in the face of the American dream? How do those two go together? And as I was living simply this week, I was going through my head, you know, like, oh, okay, well, I can't, I can't buy this, I can't buy this, and, and made all these crazy excuses, like trying to get around, like I have a gift card for this, maybe I could use that to, you know, get some coffee or something. Um, but I just realized how dependent I am on my wallet, how dependent I am on, on the little purchases, and, and I depend on those purchases to make me happy. So if, if the word Christian means to literally follow Christ, how do I follow this, this homeless radical rabbi, this teacher who lived a simple way in the face of what I have been taught? So let's look at what um, 
what Jesus has to say about money. Now, money is written about more than any other subject in the scriptures, and Jesus talks about money more than any other topic in the scriptures. But when he's talking about money, there's this word, and I'm obsessed with words. I'm like a word nerd. So this word is mammon. Do we have that? Excellent. Have any, has anybody seen this word before? Some Bible translations will have this word in the place of money, and it's actually more accurate. So what's fascinating about mammon is that it's only found in the New Testament and not the Old Testament. So it has its root in ancient Hebrew, which is mammon. We can go to that next one there. I mean, it's just got the cool little squiggle on top, so that makes it Hebrew. Um, so mammon in ancient Hebrew used in the Old Testament simply means money. But in the New Testament, with the double M, you want to go to that next one, mammon is the personification of greed, or it is the love of money. So mammon means the pursuit or the love of money. It's the kind of love of money that we place our identity in. It's when our money or our, our ambition becomes our identity and not God. So what Jesus actually talks about when he talks about money is not really the physical dollar bills, but it's the idea and our attitude towards those dollar bills. So uh, this morning, oh, and another cool thing about uh, mammon, Mammon in, was so regarded as so evil in the middle, ti- middle, middle times, middle ages, that they actually used to draw it, and it was a demon. So they would draw a demon to personify this idea of mammon, this love of money. So this morning we're going to use two stories that I believe uh, help us understand this idea of living simply. Um, they're stories of Jesus encountering people who truly love money over anything else. Uh, and the first story that I'm going to tell is the, is the one of the rich young ruler. This is one of my favorite uh, stories, one of my favorite interactions with Jesus and a human being. Uh, because the rich young ruler looks like a lot of people on the west side of Los Angeles. And this is a young, if the text said that he's a rich young ruler, that would mean he's wealthy, and the ruler would mean that he's of high status. So this is a high status young man who's wealthy. He's sort of like a tech exec or a startup guy. He's like a Mark Zuckerberg. This is a rich, young man trying to figure out what to do with his life. And right off the bat, we find out that he's pretty religious, too. Because what he does is he rolls up to Jesus, and he drops to his knees. And that's extremely significant, because in that time, you would, you would want to be at the feet of the rabbi. There's this expression that's like, sit at the feet of your rabbi. And the idea is that you'd be so close to the rabbi that the dust from the rabbi's feet would get on you, and so that's a symbol for like the teaching. You would just sort of absorb this rabbi. So we learn that he's very religious because he does the right thing, and he kneels down, and then he, he, he opens up with good teacher, which are the right religious words to say to a rabbi in that time, and he opens up and he says, good teacher, what good deeds must I do, or what good deed must I do to get into heaven? And what I love is that you have this, this rich young ruler who's living a completely different lifestyle than Jesus. This is a man wealthy and of high status, and then you've got Jesus over here living a simple life. And I love how he answers this question. So we're going to read in the text. If you guys want to turn with me uh, to Matthew 19, 17 through 22, uh, you don't have to, though. We're going to have it on the screen. So let me read this for us. It says, Jesus said, why do you ask me about what is good? There's only one who is good. If you want eternal life, keep the commandments. The man said, which ones? Then Jesus said, don't commit murder, don't commit adultery, don't steal, don't give false testimony, honor your father and mother, and love your neighbor as yourself. The young man replied, I've kept all these, what am I still missing? 
Jesus said, if you want to be complete, go and sell what you own and give the money to the poor. Then you will have treasure in heaven and come follow me. But when the young man heard this, he went away saddened because he had many possessions. So this is Jesus at his absolute best. Because I don't really think that Jesus is calling us all in this room to sell all of our possessions and give it to the poor right now. I don't think that that's it. But what he sees in this young man is that his money is his priority. His money is his identity. So he plays off this young man's religiosity by, uh, by saying the commandments that this young man would have grown up having hammered into his head. But I love this. Uh, Jesus, Jesus will... If he's, if, if he's asked a question, he'll do one of three things, usually. He'll, he'll ask back a question, which has got to be extremely infuriating. Uh, and then he also would tell a story, which would be like a parable. Or the third thing he would do is he would do this sort of like, he would leave a blank to be filled in. So what he's doing here is leaving this blank to be filled in, so that when people walk away from the conversation, they go, oh, I see what he did here. And for this rich young ruler, in this context, he would have known exactly what Jesus was doing. But for us in 2016, it needs a little unpacking. So let's look at the, the uh, Ten Commandments. We have those up. These are the first four. And so scholars think like the first four uh, commandments are between God and us. So these are commandments having to do with our relationship with God. You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make idols. You shall not take the name of your Lord God in vain. And remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy. So these are about God and us. Now the other six, if we want to go to that, these are the commandments that Jesus lists to the rich young ruler. And these are the commandments that have to do with relationship with each other. These commandments all are set in place so that we can have a better life here and now and in our relationships. But what's really, oh, I think the piano's cutting it off, but the, the last is you shall not covet. And that's interesting because when Jesus lists it off, he says, don't commit murder, got that. Don't commit adultery, we got that. Don't steal, got that. Don't give false testimony, got that. Honor your father and mother, and we got that one. And then he says, love your neighbor as you love yourself. And that's not in the Ten Commandments. So why did he replace something that the rich young ruler would obviously know is coming next? Because you see, for this rich young ruler, he was calling out the idea that his covetedness was the problem. And he replaced it with love your neighbor as yourself. So in the replacement of his covetousness, of his jealousy, of his love for mammon, he's saying, love your neighbor as yourself. That's the solution. That's what's going to heal in the here and now. And I love that he includes in this, come follow me, because basically what he's saying is that the guy approaches him and asks him, how do I get to heaven? And Jesus' response is, no, it starts right here and now. If you give away all your stuff, then come follow me, because the kingdom is available here and now. So it starts right now. So that's a story of how it doesn't go so well with money and this guy and with Jesus. But let's, let's look at another story this morning that actually like, goes incredibly well. And, uh, and th this is the story of Zacchaeus. How many of you guys ever went to Sunday school when you were a kid? Anybody in here go to Sunday school? Do you get, can any, does anybody remember the song Zacchaeus? Zacchaeus was a wee little man. So it's a great little children's song, and it explains that a tiny man climbed a tree just to get a glimpse of Jesus. And that's true, and the song is great and awesome. But the thing that we don't always focus on in the story of Zacchaeus is the fact that he was a tax collector. So he was living heavily over here in Moneyville. Uh, a tax collector in that time was a really, really 
reviled position. Because not only were you a Jewish person working with the oppressive Roman government, but you were also taken a little off the top everywhere you go. This was like a criminal with a license. And this is what Zacchaeus was all about. So he was in love with money. As the story goes, Jesus actually invites himself over to Zacchaeus' house for dinner. So let's read. This is Luke 19, 5 through 10. It says, Zacchaeus, come down at once. I must stay in your home today. So Zacchaeus came down at once, happy to welcome Jesus. Everyone who saw this grumbled, saying, He's gone to the guest of a sinner. Zacchaeus stopped and said to to the Lord, Look, Lord, I give half of my possessions to the poor, and if I have cheated anyone, I repay them four times as much. Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this household, because he too is a son of Abraham. The human one came to, say, came to seek and save the lost. So when God invites himself over to your house, like, you get very generous. <laughs> but you see, this, this, this story is so cool because there's Zacchaeus, this man who, who is obsessed with money, so much so that he's criminally pursuing it. And when he encounters Jesus, there's a shift in him. There's a shift to generosity. There's a, ch- a shift to simplicity. What I learned in not having to, uh, to buy stuff this week, stuff that I didn't need, uh, my biggest other website that I go on all the time is Yelp. And so I'm on Yelp all the time because I have an unhealthy obsession with restaurants. And, uh, and we didn't, Chelsea and I didn't eat out at all this week. That was like part of the deal. So in my money, uh, I realized I had more time because we weren't at all these restaurants. We got to go on these walks. And the walks resulted in a better relationship. And so what I realized is, like, that's the key. That's the easiest one. It's practical. It's the thing that we can point to. It's the thing that we can touch. But it's really like, when you strip it all down and you're living simply, it's not about like, living in poverty. It's more about, like, God, the blessed to be a blessing. Like, God's giving us these blessings. How do we react? How do we be generous when God gives us the chance? And I think it's how Zacchaeus reacted. Because in his language, it says, Look, Lord, I give half of my possessions to the poor, and if I have cheated anyone, I repay them four times as much. So it's not, Lord, I will. It's not, Lord, I'll do this one time. It's, Lord, I give. There's a shift. There's redemption. So much so that Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come into this household. So for Jesus, this looked like salvation. Someone whose life was on this track and now is on Jesus' track. So this week, as you engage in this, this simple little experiment, and don't take it super seriously. Like, like I, I failed many a time just on coffee and stuff like that alone. <laughs> but engage with us and, and, and don't buy just frivolous things. And every time you do that, realize how that affects your time and your relationships. And I'm really curious to see how this affects you guys because these were the things that popped out in my life when I began to mess with this money thing. And it may be different for all of us. God may pull out other things and other crazy, cool blessings out of this money thing. So I'm going to read the first um, passage that we went through this morning. And in it, I'm going to insert money. And then in the big things, I'm going to insert time and relationship. So. Uh, Jesus went on to make these comments. If you're honest in the small things, money, you'll be honest in the big things, time and relationships. If you're a crook in the small things, money, you'll be a crook in the big things, time relationships. If you're not honest in small jobs, money, who will put you in charge of the store, time and relationships? 
No worker can serve two bosses. He'll either hate the first and love the second or adore the first and despise the second. You can't serve both God and the bank. So we're going to enter into a time of discussion over here. Uh, we have breakfast burritos, which is like absolutely incredible. And they're from Bagel Nosh, which to me is just like a joy that I get to support Bagel Nosh, or that we get to support Bagel Nosh. <laughs> um, but before we do that, I'm going to pray. And then uh, Whitney, if you come up, she's got a few announcements for us. But let me pray for us. Lord, I am just so grateful for this morning. I'm grateful that you have set aside this time in our week. And, and I'm really looking forward to this time of hanging out, this time of discussion, this time of um, growing in community, because I just pray that's what this summer is all about. I pray that as we get to sit around some tables with some good food, that you would unlock relationship between us and that this community would grow. And all these things we pray in your son's name, amen.